Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay and I've had to scrape the barrel today for guests. <laughs> I've only got one, sadly. It's Simon Bykowski. How are you doing, Si? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, thanks. Is Stu being called up to... International an international podcast. Yeah. yeah. Not sure which country he's representing, but, <laughs> but either way, maybe Stockport have uh, got their own independent state or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, everyone's doing everyone's, better things. Everyone's so away, so you've it's got just me. And this is a bit of insight for the listeners. We shouldn't really be talking because there's a big MEN five aside match tonight. Cobras versus Hawks. We're on separate teams. And I'm not sure we should be on speaking terms, really, Si. No, well, I, I like to be friendly before a ball is kicked mm-hmm. and then... You're very nice. Nice to tease in the tunnel and then when that whistle goes. Yeah, my uh, my studs will be going into your shin, do you think? Or Yeah, if I'm lucky. I was very surprised that no one wears shin pads, so, yeah. you know, more fool I would you. Say, I've been crying out for weeks, there needs to be a big tackle going in. Did you see Sergio Aguero's shin pads, by the way? Yeah, I remember... He's always had special ones. I remember at the World Cup last year, he had some special Dragon Ball Z ones. With, no, you know, but... He had the, he had the Kun, the little, what's he got? That Japanese... Yeah, yeah, one. but I mean, his socks. Did you see no, his socks at I Swansea? I didn't see his so socks. So he is, um, he's cut the top of his socks off yeah. and kind of turned them upside down so that... What, so the bottom, so the toe bit's cut off. So that it can support the uh, his shin pads that are quite far down his leg. Okay. Um, this sounds it, fascinating. It's very odd. It doesn't really work without seeing the pictures. No, it's not a good but, visual. Um, but, I mean, you could always tweet this later. So yeah, I mean, do Google can... it because it, it, it does look very bizarre. Like Kyle Walker has those holes yeah, in his socks. Which for, I'm sure we'll see on England duty this week. For calf... Um, issues. I think the suggestion was that it was something to do with a tight muscle again for for Aguero. But it is interesting. Um, yeah, the, the socks. You don't realize how how pivotal a sock is in modern football. No, no. Well, Walker's always has done it for a few years yeah. ago. I remember asking him about it, and he was like, "Oh, you know, it's because I'm an old man now." And sort of joking. But yeah, yeah. It must be a sad. And, and the fact that a team like City is saying, "Yeah, go for it." Maybe not. They might say it's superstitious, but there must be some actual science behind it that we're it, maybe not in yeah. the business of divulging. But Cut we, the top and bottom off his socks. Aguero does? Yeah. So he's just got like a, a, a leg snood or? Yeah, so it looks like that. Oh, this is great radio. Okay, yeah, so he's made it into like a, okay, it's very, it almost looks like it's rolled down and back upon itself in a way. It's like a, yeah. I'm trying to think of Customised socks. Like when you buy like the wrong size of sock yeah. and you wear shin pads oh, and they look tiny I'm not sure what these were but I swear in the 80s did women used to wear them to discotheques those sort of <laughs> things on their, like big fluorescent bits like body warmer things I mean it's a it's a comparison that I didn't think we'd be making no, today not this early on but no an excellent way mum. to start I'll have to text my mum yeah oh well but yeah it might be hot was it Hawks versus Cobras tonight, but it was Swans versus Blues at the weekend side. And seamless. Was, very seamless. <laughs> like a seamless sock. Yeah. But who knows? But yeah, a win against Swansea. And I wish we had the clip because last week on the podcast, you said you expected Swansea to maybe even win the match. And yeah. in that in that sort of encouragement, you encouraged me to put, and we don't condone gambling on this podcast when the fun stops, stop. But I put a bet on of Swansea to win both teams to score. Didn't cash out. Yes, I lost £30, but 
I was treated to a good game of football. You only put a pound on it, should be said. Yeah, so you didn't lose I've 30 pounds. I've never put a bet on of over two pound um, in my life. But yeah, it, I I got a lot of stick for saying that Swansea might win. Uh, both from colleagues that I won't name. Stu Brennan. Stu Brennan. Um, and also, you know... A few press conferences and games in the week, and you're talking to journalists at other papers, and you know you just mentioned to one. I think Swansea, you know, Swansea might do something, and then you know word spreads. It's like Varys's birds in Game of Thrones, and everyone's coming up to you and saying, "Is it true? Hey, do you think that they might struggle at Swansea? Do you th- yeah, yeah. You said they're going to lose, didn't you? And it was like a, a torrent of it. I was the one harbinger of doom. <laughs> Um, and so yeah I was absolutely gutted that City came back to win obviously so was my uh, <laughs> but no it was I I didn't think that they would come back to win no so, even I thought at 2-0 down with yeah. was it 15 minutes 20, 15 minutes to go or yeah without getting that goal back in the first half it, it was difficult to see because they have struggled to come from behind and win games this season that's been kind of especially against the Swansea side who were defending so well in the first half as well Swansea were very very good yeah they you know they knew exactly what they had to do and they took the chances so um, it was a real test for City really and you know I think I wrote in one piece or another that I don't think they'd have won this game in either of the two previous seasons under Guardiola I'm not sure they'd have won it in the middle of this season when they were going through similar issues so it, it says a lot that they they were able to come back and they came back against Schalke when all looked lost as well so um, a huge huge result on what was a horrendous day uh, weather wise they can't have enjoyed no, travelling down stu- the preparations to, for the game so it, it you know it, it must have been pretty unpleasant for them but they they did enough to win yeah, because like you said, the fact that it is another comeback win in those circumstances, not just in terms of results and getting to a cup. So, oh God, getting quite teary and emotional here. <laughs> Might be down to one on the podcast. Yeah, soon. not just a cup zone final, but as you said, it's that psychological battle as well. And I know people like to make links and stuff. And we'll get onto the Premier League title race in a second, sort of chunk of this podcast. But it just shows, like you said, the character that, that the city side have. And, they do just sort of get this reputation of, oh, you play against a small team, they just battle them every week and the team sort of just keel over and accept defeat against City. But the fact that this team attacked them, got in behind them, caused problems, but City still found a way to, to fight yeah, back. Yeah, and they, you know, they did get a bit of luck with the officials' uh, decisions, but Bernardo Silva kind of deserved to be on the winning team because he was absolutely outstanding again. I don't know how he does it every, yeah. every game. Um but also, I mean, it was funny because last season when people started talking about the quadruple, Guardiola said, ask me in March, you know, I'm not interested in now. When we're in the quarters of Champions League, semi-finals of the cup in the race for the league and we've already won the, the League Cup, you can ask me then, but not before. <laughs> so now people are asking him again. He said, ask me at the end of April. Yeah, that's the first thing after the game. <laughs> sort of moving back. But, you know, as long as they continue winning games like that, then the, uh, the quadruple is very much on, however outlandish it sounds, because 
Which it is. You can't, you can't argue with that, can you? Yeah, you know, Guardiola said after they won at Bournemouth that he keeps waiting for them to have an off day. And even if they've not played at their best in every game recently, they've won every game. Um, I think it's 19 in 20 they've won since yeah. they lost to Leicester at Boxing Day. So. And we spoke, didn't we? I think it was in January sort of thing and it was how many wins City needed to win the title and it's a run that they eclipsed last season anyway so you can't argue that. And I guess in terms of the quadruple, whether you like them or not and I know we refrain from betting bookmakers will still have City as the favourite for every individual tournament. Favourites yeah. the Cup, still favourites of the league and they still are maybe you might not argue it yourself but favourites of the Champions League based on their squad and what they've achieved so the quadruple dream it is still alive but City fans will just be enjoying every moment of it won't they so yeah I mean the, the FA Cup is much more presentable given that United have gone out I don't think City would have wanted to play United at Wembley on April 7th yeah. or April 6th 6th, 7th 6th confirmed for 5.30 on the Saturday isn't yeah. it now so they wouldn't have wanted to play United before them playing Spurs in the Champions League and Spurs and United in the league but Brighton does not give you the, the same worry or concern and Wolves or Watford or any of the three teams could beat them on the day but City are heavy favourites for the competition and if they win the semi-final at the start of April they can forget about it until after the league so that's two, yes, that's two trophies by how early that is that semi-final yeah really. yeah um, it kind of gets it out of the way and then City have just got Premier League and Champions League to focus on and those are the two big ones I mean I know Danny Mills Danny Mills Danny Murphy one of the two mm. um, caused a bit of controversy when they said um, City needed to win one of those two to have a successful season and you can kind of see his point because as much as it's been really good to see how they've done this season you know a team like City needs to be aiming to win one of those two every year yeah especially I think I mean I know and this is ridiculous and I'm not of this belief but the fact that City have had quite a comfortable ride in terms of opposition in the FA Cup people always got to track that for them and say oh you should have won it because of the people you faced they, I mean that forgets the fact that City had that ridiculous run of only getting championship teams or high flying championship teams or prem teams but I feel from the outside from a neutral point of view lots of fans just think oh it's City's to lose because they've, they've not had to play any testing opponents maybe I think it's just it, it is a major competition, but it's not really remembered as such. I think in recent years, particularly, that maybe more modern fans don't, they sort of shrug it off, don't they? they? Yeah, but I mean, you know, we talk about Liverpool going for the Premier League, we talk about 29 year wait, and yeah, that's a long wait because they have, but it, it's longer than previous things. But like, it, as memorable as that FA Cup win they had when Gerrard scored against West Ham seemed like you can't really throw that into the mix and say, well, we've won yeah. this. Is this is really good because it seems like the- and same with Man United winning it under Van Hal. Yeah, That's still a very unsuccessful United period. Yeah, the fact that you won the FA Cup doesn't justify the, the the domestic cups enhance a season where you've won either the league or the Champions League, but on their own, I don't think they're quite enough to to sort of stand on their own as big achievements yeah I know there's some fans who will even be disputing the fact that City are in the semi-finals VAR and offside goals <laughs> we haven't mentioned yet but um, what did you make of the decisions I mean I like injustice I like causing chaos I like the fact 
that things go wrong in football and that there wasn't VAR and stuff because I just it gives you something to debate in the pub after you've got to feel like you've had a game nicked from you you know what I mean if you, yeah. if you lose and you lose fair enough there's, it's, a, it's annoying because you just have to admit you weren't the better side but when you feel like you've been robbed even though it's horrible that's what I love about football and the thing is with VAR I, I, I quite like it and I like it in certain situations but I've watched that penalty back a lot of times and I'm not sure still whether yeah. it was a penalty or not because he seemed to get the ball a bit but at the same time he nicked Sterling's mm. leg and you know certainly in the World Cup it was if there is contact then it's a penalty so is that a penalty or exactly or not did you think it was a penalty no because I was rooting for the underdog to keep my bet alive <laughs> but if you put your biases to one side yeah and that's what I mean it's not clear and obvious anyway so even if there was VAR yeah. you can't necessarily say that the decision would have been no penalty anyway so it's a different debate which it would have opened up anyway but and it, yeah if VAR's there and they give a penalty there'll be hundreds of fans saying it's not a penalty if it's VAR yeah. they say no penalty they'll be yeah. saying it was a penalty yeah I mean clearly there are some inconsistencies in the competition that need sorting yeah. out and that's a FA problem that's not City's yeah. problem you can't yeah, blame yeah. City well, for the fact well the, the thing is that City can say they're on the the right side in all things because Guardiola and Guardiola has been saying for ages we need VAR we need mm. VAR City voted in favour of introducing VAR this season and not most Premier League clubs didn't. I think Swansea even may not have, yeah, have voted for it. So, you know, it, City at the end of the day can always say, well, it's not our problem because we wanted it and it's not our fault that it's not been been brought in. But, you know, the Aguero goal should have been given as offside. Uh, however, even if it was given as offside, there was only really one team that was going to win that. Yeah, exactly. If Swansea could have held out until penalties and then it would have been 50-50. But you really sense half an hour yeah. back to the wall against a City side like that who are just hungry to get the win, who know that they've not got a game next week to have to worry about saving their energy for as well because international break. Yeah. You felt it was going to be the inevitable as soon as they, as soon as they scored the first one, really, you felt... Yes, yeah, one brings two to borrow from cricket but yeah it's um, it, it was a big win and another big moment and you, I've lost track of the amount of times someone has commented on a City game and so you don't normally see Guardiola and his players celebrating like that you, you do yeah, you do a lot because yeah. you know they're living every big moment that's what I think so infectious and likeable about the City team is yeah you can be Sort of, yeah, you can be an opposition fan who just says, Oh, they're only beating Swans and stuff, but it's the man that they do it. And it's the fact, like, it's even against in the Carabao Cup runs the last two seasons when they've beaten sides who maybe aren't necessarily were favourites anyway, but they've still infectiously sort of celebrated them. Remember the season yeah. at Leicester away in the Carabao Cup last year when that reserve side basically won, yeah, their own penalties. And yeah, and it, it's been you know a big thing in connecting fans with the club and the team again, which I think towards the end of Pellegrini's. Time there certainly. Was a divide, there, wasn't there? there was a feeling that you know this disconnect and us and them sort of wasn't it? Yeah, maybe maybe not so much that. I think it was just you know fans who spent a lot of hard earned money and taking the time to travel to these far flung places and seeing like a limp performance and then the team clear off straight away at the final whistle. Whereas certainly under Guardiola, they've made a big point of going over yeah. after every game and recognising 
that the fans have made the effort and that has made you know for a better relationship I think between the match going fans and the club yeah it could have been a, a very different day uh, there was a substitution to bring Fabian Delph off I think that uh, might have saved the tie in a weird way and I guess that's credit to Pep that he made the change when he had to but on team selection City still feel a very strong side against Swansea uh, but it was a day to forget for, for Fabian Delph who is in the England was he, he dropped out of the England squad he's again? dropped out of the England squad with injury was, yeah. it was contrasting that on the same day that Connor Cody masterminded the Wolves win against United <laughs> he was out of the England squad while Fabian Delph had, had just been named in it yeah I mean I don't I certainly wasn't outraged that Delph was named in the England squad and I no. sort of think especially at international level um, if I mean he played very well on England duty against Croatia was it um, yeah. Delph but but also you know you've got a squad of 23 or however many that are together for a short period of time and you need good characters and people that are going to bring the squad together and Delph is one of those so you know if you've got even if you're not going to play all 23 yeah. you may as well have people in there that are going to make a positive impact in that sense rather than being disappointed that they're not in the team and Delph is certainly one of those but he um, you know he got sent off at Wigan last year that cost City in the FA Cup Guardiola did not appreciate that one bit thought he was reckless we didn't see much of Delph for the rest of that season um, Delph got sent off at Leicester this year when they lost Guardiola thought it was reckless we haven't seen very much of Delph since um, it felt like I know there are a few injuries in there but it felt like Saturday was a chance for Delft to show what he could do and um, you know put pressure on Zinchenko Mendy's going to be coming back after the international break we are told so you know stake a, a claim to be involved for the the final few months of the season but it was a tackle that it was a tackle of someone that's not played in three months, really. Yeah, I guess it is harsh to be overly critical in that aspect as well because it is such a... It's almost a lose-lose situation for him coming into that, yeah, that sort of role. Yeah, it, it is, but you feel like that's not going to do him any favours no, exactly. when the next teams are picked. So it, it, it's difficult for him, I think. Yeah, of course, you said they've got the international break coming up. But as you touched upon before, Brighton semi-final has been confirmed for that Saturday, 5.30pm. And I guess lots of people said that the FA Cup is an unnecessary distraction but it's only two extra games for City this season and uh, it's a real chance as you said now to, to win it and Pep will will want to win it won't he? It's the only domestic competition he's not won um, and Guardiola is a bit of an old romantic at heart and he he's grown up with this romanticised version of English football and he loves the history and the tradition and Boxing Day fixtures and the FA Cup. He, he really and he loves Wembley Stadium. Of course, he won uh, European Champions Cup. League, yeah. the European Cup there with Barcelona as a player. So um, and went there with Barcelona as a manager as well and won it. Correct. Twice. Did he win it there? Uh, it no, it was just once, but it was that. Oh, it was the Bayern won the second magical one, final. Yeah. Um, well, he just killed so, United. So he, he has really fond memories of Wembley and always appreciates. Um, a trip there and it's also for him you know if his team can win at Wembley on a big stage then it's a sign that they're they're moving in the right direction so he's treated every cup competition seriously we've seen with his team selections but especially the FA Cup this year and I just wonder with it being starting at the beginning of January 
you know, City had that 2-1 win against Liverpool at the start of the year and then strong team against Rotherham make it 7-0. Yeah. They beat Rotherham and then Burnley 5-0 and Newport 4 um, and 3 at Swansea. So they, they, they've really taken it seriously and Guardiola will not see it as t- too much of a distraction at all, you wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I guess... Perhaps probably the only one who's aggrieved that the Spurs Champions League fixture won't be at Wembley then he get that trip to the, to the new stadium and I guess are you looking forward to that after international break he said Spurs come back with the international break have Liverpool away of course so their eyes might not be as focused as a City who gets to play Fulham away when they return but Champions League against Spurs uh, Well that's that's the other thing about the FA Cup with with the draw happening as it is, I mean, City's first three games after the international break of Fulham, Cardiff and Brighton. So that's a pretty good build-up to to Spurs. I mean, you're always going to be a bit off, off your best when you come back and especially with City playing the early game on the Saturday at Fulham. Um, but if you could wish to pick any team to have, to not be at your best, then it would be Fulham because their defence is one of the worst I've seen in the league for a long, long time. Yeah, and so. we saw that as well on the weekend, even when they looked like they were yeah. going off an improbable performance against <laughs> Liverpool, they still managed to Fulham it up, I guess. In the- yes, yeah. I think it's uh, it's very easy to see why they're going down when you watch them for kind of any length of time. Um, but yeah, it should be a very good game. I mean, Pochettino will very much want to get one over on Guardiola it was Spurs beating City in Pep's first season here that was sort of the catalyst for things going slightly downhill for them in that that first season and that game sort of really woke Guardiola up to the idea that English football is actually very difficult um, and there are a lot of teams who can beat you on the day and it would be remarkable if Tottenham do not have one of those days in three meetings with them in about 14 days um, in April. So City are going to have to be at their absolute best. Can they afford to lose? You know, they can probably afford to lose one Champions League game. Then Narrowly, as long as you make make it up. But um, certainly very, very little room for for error yeah I feel like maybe that's already playing against City in the fact I feel as soon as the, the draw's been made lots of people say it's good from a City point of view but it's such a difficult game and again from my point of view I, I, I see it as again it's a game where Spurs don't really have anything to lose over, over both legs yeah yeah even though it is their new stadium which well, it would be good to see them get fresh wouldn't it <laughs> they've got top four to lose maybe I mean they've not been yeah. very good at exactly, all in they the could league come recently. into that game on the back of a Liverpool defeat, having known that they maybe go into the game not even in the top four. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe a positive result at Liverpool will be better for them than better for City than if yeah. they don't get anything at Liverpool because uh, they'll have a bit more to play for. But it's yeah, it's going to be tough, and I think City would have preferred the game to be at Wembley because they've beaten Spurs this season at Wembley. They beat them last Especially season. Especially on that awful pitch as well. Wembley, yeah. Um, and the crowds have been staying away from Wembley in the league this season for Spurs. It's just not... Everyone at Spurs is sick of going to Wembley. Mm-hmm. So I think as much as they would have loved a quarterfinal Champions League, it wouldn't quite be the same as a Champions League quarterfinal at the new stadium. Um, I'm not sure it'll have the same 
White Hart Lane atmosphere that sort of was so good for them in that final year before they moved but it's going to be harder for City than it would have been if it was at Wembley I think yeah well we're on this the international break City have 12 players away I'm not sure City fans will be too maybe concerned as long as there's not any injuries but as we said which when players they, have they got away now this is a test isn't it I do have, I do have them on my computer downstairs but my god I'm never going to be able to tell you 12 players I don't feel like a good name Sterling Raheem Sterling is one yeah. Edison yeah Murich I know he's one Zinchenko right. How long have we got there? Is that Four. <laughs> <laughs> De Bruyne. Five. Oh, no, Guerrero's not there. This is really exposing my uh, my memory. Twelve. Twelve's a good number. Twelve's yeah. a good number. Liverpool yeah. are 14 away. Right. I'm not sure. You can use that as a slight advantage maybe, but who knows? I mean, because when you look at Liverpool, I mean, both teams have players who don't necessarily play every week anyway, included in that. Yes. in that total but as yeah. we said Liverpool come up and they play Fulham oh so City play Fulham Liverpool play Tottenham I don't know where I'm getting at this but yeah after the international break it's going to have to be what do you think City's main focus is going to be because you said they've got the Champions League mm. got the Premier League as well they've got crucial games even though the pressure might be on Liverpool they're running maybe more so immediately after the break there can't be any room for complacency you said that maybe concerns that City might not be right at it when they return yeah um, I think the pressure will be on Liverpool more so because I think because of the FA Cup really because City have got a game there when Liverpool have the chance to sort of stretch their lead in the Premier League like because Liverpool have got the game's advantage while City are busy in other competitions the pressure will be on Liverpool to get that lead and stretch it. Whereas, you know, if we're at a point where Liverpool have played more games than City are top, then that is a real, psychologically for City, that is massive. And I think for that reason, Liverpool's game with Spurs is, is very, very important because I think you'd expect City to beat Fulham, which would send them top again and yeah. then it's over to Liverpool they've got I think they've got a Friday night game at Southampton after that yeah I'm not um, too. Southampton very very good yeah, much better much better under you know a really exciting manager and so those are two tricky games if they win them then it goes back on to City but I think immediately after the international break I think the uh, the focus will be on on Liverpool to see what they can bring because I think it's kind of been a, a welcome distraction for City in the to have those other competitions. Yeah. They can almost sort of block off periods where they're in the Premier League and then periods where they're, they're away because teams go for it a bit more in knockout competitions. They can kind of... You saw against Schalke how just joyous it felt for them to, to be able to go at a team that wasn't just 11 men behind the yeah. ball. I think as well that was it always tells in the players sort of body language you tell it that Liverpool's so maybe more invested in the Premier League than City at the moment because the players do seem really stressed they don't they seem to be quite short tempered maybe when they get asked questions <laughs> about the title race maybe when especially was it the West Ham game after that one was it Andrew Robertson so one got quite yeah. quite, quite aggy I think we call it was. there have been a few yeah whereas you feel with City as you said that the momentum just shifts from one competition to the other that they never dwell on one particular competition or, or its implications almost as well which is quite refreshing for them and must give them a good springboard going forward. Yeah, and it, it's hard because you kind of need to sort of 
build up that feeling and you know embrace it almost to have a chance of winning the title but then make sure it doesn't consume you at the same time and I think City are handling that better because they've already won the title and Liverpool haven't so they have got that experience but I think Liverpool showed at Fulham you do see that as a because you can look at it two ways that sort of result can't you and I know Gary Neville said it was a, a big moment in the title races yeah to show a character I guess if you do go on to win a title you'll pinpoint Fulham away as, as the one but yeah it was it was important and I think um, Liverpool had they not won that game like I say Fulham's a gimme Fulham at any time yeah. you expect to you expect to beat and had they not won that game there would have been serious questions there would have been a two week inquest yeah. basically whereas they've got that monkey off the back and they can sort of they're top of the league going into the international break that's Fact. quite a nice place to to be um, although Klopp would probably say who wants to be top in mid-March <laughs> but, um, but they're in they're where they want to be cool. so that is crucial for them with not many games of the season remaining so I, I think it will go down to the penultimate weekend or the last weekend and of course that's France football's 25th best manager of all time Jurgen Klopp not just <laughs> not just Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp but that's another story for another day Sai thank you very much for joining us on the Talking City podcast this thank week you. I hope you will be back I'm not sure what we'll discuss next week I hope someone's going to be back with me next week yeah so do I it's a bit, <laughs> a bit lonely it's like an interview this almost isn't yeah. it? it's quite intense yeah. producer Andrew Stewart who's stepping in for Ash has been very diligent very quiet throughout much more professional than Ash I found yeah no giggles no typing no no distractions no just focused on on his phone less yeah I prefer it yeah Ash won't listen this far I know will he (laughs) thank you if you have though Uh, please make sure to subscribe and leave a rating if you haven't already and we will be back again next week who knows what we're going to discuss but we'll be looking ahead to that trip down to Fulham and Si will be excited for another trip down to London getting those mileage get reach PLC on that that would be nice for your expenses. Trip down to London. You and Stu Brennan. What more could I you ask for? I think you've uh, misunderstood the expenses system, Rich. Trains? Yeah, we'll be getting trains, yeah. It's oh, not yeah. as exciting, is it? Early start, that Sue's off, actually. Sue's still on holiday. Is he? Yeah. That's nice. Early start, though, Fulham. What time do we have to leave? Um, I think there's a 5.50 train Jesus. and a 6.10 train. That's, um, they make it sound like a glamorous job don't they <laughs> I'm never a glamorous no well, that's why we love you thank you very much Sai uh, we will be back again next week please as I said leave a like if you've got any questions for us make sure to tweet us or email us that's all on the site or in the podcast description Andrew Stewart nods he'll put that in there if it wasn't already see you next time <laughs>